What's up? This is Jonathan Smith, your host here at Shooting with Schmitz. We have an absolutely loaded show for you today. Two major contracts were signed in the NFL yesterday. And I noticed the other day, I haven't talked about the NBA Eastern Conference all that much. So we're going to get into that a little bit as well. It's an absolutely loaded show. I hope you enjoy it. Here we go. Geno Smith signed a three-year, $105 million deal with the Seattle Seahawks yesterday. And I know that the Derek Carr signing got most of the attention. We're definitely going to talk about that here in a bit. But this is the one that I find way more intriguing. This is so interesting because the Seahawks, they, they made the playoffs last year. Obviously, they got beat by the 49ers in the divisional round. The Seahawks have a lot of good young players. Two offensive tackles that were rookies last year, Charles Cross and Abraham Lucas, both played really well. Outside linebacker, I really hope I pronounce this correctly, Boy Mafe, or Boy Mafe, however you say it, he played really well. He, you know, didn't start playing until about the sixth game of the season, but when he was finally given time on the field, he played really well. Running back, Kenneth Walker, he played really well. Defensive backs, Kobe Bryant and Tariq Woolen, both played really well. The Seahawks drafted about as well as you could draft and during last year's draft. And based simply off of last year, obviously like we still need a little bit more time, but based purely off of last year, it's going to be really hard to convince me that the Seahawks did not have the best draft class. It's going to be really hard to, to convince me that they didn't. The only team that potentially could would be the Steelers if Kenny Pickett ends up being that guy. Because anytime you land a franchise quarterback in, in any draft class, you automatically win. When it, in my opinion, that's just kind of how I see it. And anyway, back to the Seahawks. They were surprised making the playoffs last year, and Geno Smith was the head of that surprise. Right, going into the season, there was a lot of speculation: is Geno Smith going to be the guy? Is Drew Locke going to be the guy? Obviously, they had the big trade with the Broncos, sending Russell Wilson to Denver. Obviously, they got Drew Locke and a whole bunch of picks in return, and it ended up being Geno Smith. Geno Smith wound up being the starting quarterback of the Seattle Seahawks. And obviously, they made the playoffs. It was the right choice. He played well. He's not a superstar, but he's a very capable quarterback. He's a very capable starter. Okay, And they received an absolute gift, an absolute gift from the Denver Broncos, considering they now have the fifth overall pick this year. And they're not going to pick this high again for the next three years, which makes things really interesting. Jonathan, why do you say they're not going to pick this high again for the next three years? Because Geno Smith's their quarterback, and he signed a three-year deal. And he's very capable, and they obviously have good players around him, good young players around him that are cheap. So if they want to go spend money in the offseason, they're more than capable of doing that. So for the next three years, they aren't going to have a pick this high. But obviously they like Geno Smith because they just signed him him to a three-year deal. And going into the offseason, I fully expected for the Seattle Seahawks to take a quarterback with the fifth pick this year. But this three-year deal just makes it really interesting. You know, if it had been like a one- or two-year deal, then I would be super confident in saying, you know what they're going to do? You know, they're going to let Stroud and Bryce Young go somewhere between one and four, and then they'll take Will Levis or Anthony Richardson at five. Right? Because after watching the combine, it's obvious that both of those guys have a lot of potential. They need to be developed. They aren't ready to play right away. Right? And if you sign Geno Smith to a one- or two-year deal, 
then you know you can do the whole Alex Smith thing where you know Patrick Mahomes sits behind him for a year and then he plays the next year. You could have done the same thing with Levis or Richardson, but it's a three-year deal. It's a decent amount of time of commitment, and I. So now I just I I don't think they're going to take a quarterback anymore. This is why it's so interesting. I think they're going to take a pass rusher because that's really what this Seattle defense needs. Okay, because Will Anderson, Jalen Carter, or Tyree Wilson, one of those three guys, should be available at the fifth pick. And at first, it's like, well, Jonathan, like they're not going to have this high of a pick again. Like they should take a quarterback. This is what they should do because this is what everybody does. And how quick we are to forget. How quickly we forget a team's history. We've seen the Seattle Seahawks build a Super Bowl winning roster like this before. We've seen them do it. Okay, they built the Legion of Boom, then drafted Russell Wilson in the third round, went on to win a Super Bowl because of their defense and because of Marshawn Lynch and their ability to run the ball. Okay, like they've already got two guys in their secondary in Tariq Woolen and Kobe Bryant. They've already got a good linebacker. They've got offensive tackles. They've drafted a lot of these major pieces that they need in order to replicate the way that they built their last Super Bowl roster. But they don't have as a pass rusher. They they have very little pass rushing abilities on that team. And now you go get a guy like Will Anderson or Jalen Carter, who I know is a defensive tackle, but still, he's going to be a dominant force, it looks like. Tariq, not not, not Tariq Woolen, uh, Tyree Wilson out of Texas Tech. I mean, they are slowly replicating the way that they built that team before they went and won the Super Bowl in 2012. For my memory, sir. No, it wasn't 2013, 2014. Whenever they did it, right? Whenever they absolutely annihilated the Broncos in the Super Bowl, they are replicating the way that they built that team. And here's the thing now. If Seattle takes a pass rusher at that fifth spot, then that 7, 8, and 9 spot gets so much more interesting, right? Because Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud will be off the board by that point. I'll be absolutely stunned if the Colts don't take a quarterback and if the Texans don't don't take a quarterback. So, 7, 8, and 9, there's only two real quarterbacks left that I think people would want to take. And that's Levis and Richardson. And when we look at who has the next three picks... In that seven, eight, nine spot, you got the Raiders, who are probably going to take one of the two guys. They they may even trade up to grab whoever they want with the, at the number one overall slot with the Bears. And then eight, and nine, you've got the Falcons and the Panthers, who both drafted young quarterbacks last year. And it'll be very interesting to see what those two teams decide to, decide to do. Do they take a chance on Anthony Richardson? Maybe you know the Panthers saw a full year of Matt Corral and were like, you know what? Nah, we're good. You know, Desmond Ritter played five games for the Falcons last year. Maybe the Falcons are like, nah, we're going to take Anthony Richardson or Will Levis or whoever it is. So it's going to be really interesting to see where Richardson and Levis end up going, especially if Seattle decides to not draft a quarterback, which I, once again, do not think that they'll draft a quarterback. We're going to take a short break, and then we'll be right back with more Shooting the Schmidt. We're going to talk about Derek Carr and his deal with the Saints. It's going to be really good, so make sure you, you stick around for that. This episode is brought to you by Truthio. You know, if I hadn't sprained my pinky in kindergarten, I would have gone pro, says your 5'5", 530-pound coworker, who you've only seen make one jump shot in the three years you've been playing pickup together. If you have a friend or coworker like this, you need Truthio. Truthio is the truth-telling version of Cameo. Truthio hires random people to deliver anonymous messages to people about annoying habits they have. Maybe they're delusional about their athletic ability. 
Maybe your roommate doesn't do the dishes. Either way, Truthio is a direct way to let them know without having to tell them yourself. Download Truthio today. And we're back with more shooting the Schmidt. Derek Carr signed a deal with the New Orleans Saints. So now the NFC South officially, officially, has at least one quarterback who we know is good. Okay, I don't know how you don't pick the Saints to win this division as of right now. Let's just look at the roster. Starting on offense, Derek Carr, whether you like him or not, you're going to be hard-pressed to find a better quarterback in that division than Derek Carr. Alvin Kamara, Chris Olave, who was awesome last year. Michael Thomas, you know, he's going to be great for the four games that he plays. (laughs) Right? They are more than talented enough between those three guys to elevate Derek Carr offensively. And then on defense, you have Tyran Matthew, Cameron Jordan, Marshawn Lattimore. All three of those guys are more than capable of making game-changing plays on the defensive side of the ball at any given moment. How can you not like them to not only win this division, but to absolutely run away with it? Like, Let's just look at the quarterback situations on the other three teams in this division, okay? So, as of right now, the Saints hands down have the best quarterback in this division. The Buccaneers could play Kyle Trask, who has thrown the ball a whopping nine times in the NFL. Or, they could play Blaine Gabbert, who just isn't very good at football. The Panthers are either going to play a rookie quarterback, or Matt Corral, who has taken zero snaps in his career. Or they could bring back P.J. Walker, or they could bring back Sam Darnold, or they could bring back Baker Mayfield, which I don't think that they'll do for any one of those three guys if they did bring somebody back. Probably P.J. Walker because he ended up taking the majority of the snaps at the, end of this la- of, at the end of this last year. Then, you've got the Falcons. Who, who knows who's going to play quarterback for them either. Okay, they're either going to play a rookie or they're going to play Desmond Ritter, who played four games last year and threw the ball 115 times. Okay, the Saints are currently plus 120 to win that division. And if I was you, I would be all over, and I mean all over that line. Okay, like this Saints team, roster-wise, I mean, how do you not how do you not pick this team in this terrible division? Okay, like maybe you're concerned about the coaching. I know it's it's gonna be year two. Best thing, it's gonna be year two. Okay, like he's he's had a year un- underneath his belt, okay, and there's new coaches across this um, across the division as well. It's Frank Reich's year one in Carolina. Um, it's you know um, Todd Bowles' second year for the Bucks, and then when we look at the Falcons, I mean Arthur Smith's been there the longest, and he's only been there what four years. They haven't been very good at all, right? Like they have a lot of pieces on offense, but they don't have a legit quarterback to distribute the ball to those guys. When you consider the fact, because it is a fact, the fact that Derek Carr is hands down the most experienced quarterback in this division and the best. I know people don't like Derek Carr, but if you just give him a solid foundation and just a little bit of familiarity, he's going to be really good. Okay, We saw that when John Gruden was his head coach. His numbers got better and better every year because he was in a similar system Every year, and they had weapons, and the Saints have weapons, and they're going to do everything they can to elevate him because he's a really because he's a good quarterback. I'm telling you right now, 
The Saints aren't only going to win this division. They're going to win it by at least three games. Okay, they they may go undefeated in divisional play. Okay, they almost won the division this last year against Tom Brady and a halfway decent Bucks team. I guess a halfway decent Bucks team. You know what I mean. They almost won the, won the division last year with a significantly less talented quarterback. And now this year, they're taking on a division full of young quarterbacks and young head coaches and new head coaches. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, these Saints are going to win this division by at least three games. Write it down. It's going to happen. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk some basketball, mainly the Eastern Conference. You know, I've mainly talked about the Western Conference. I noticed that the other day. So we're really going to dive deep into the top of the Eastern Conference because, let's be honest, whoever wins this year's NBA Finals is probably going to come out of the East. So we're going to get into that. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back with more Shooting the Schmidt. This episode of Shooting the Schmidt is brought to you by Old Heads Bobbleheads. Do you know an older gentleman who says things like, LeBron wouldn't survive in the 80s? Then this product is for them. We sell bobbleheads. Some of our best sellers include LeBron in a full-body cast, Steph Curry in a wheelchair, and Larry Bird. Get yours today at oldheadsbobbleheads.com. And we're back with more Shooting the Schmidt. I've talked a lot about the Western Conference. LeBron goes down for the Lakers. The Mavericks trade for Kyrie. The Suns trade for Kevin Durant. The Denver Nuggets have the best player in basketball and the MVP of the league in Nikola Jokic. I've talked about the Western Conference so much that I have barely acknowledged the superior of the two conferences were here recently. So I'm going to do that now. The Eastern Conference. Currently, the Boston Celtics are the betting favorites to win the whole thing at plus 310. And I'll be honest, I would not pick them. I have no faith in them. I don't even think they're the best team in the East. On paper, they are though. On paper, the Boston Celtics should win the East. They have depth on depth on depth. That roster is absolutely loaded from top to bottom. Okay, They go like 11 guys deep. Peyton Pritchard doesn't play. Peyton Pritchard would be like the second guy off the bench on most teams in the NBA. Okay, like There is so much depth on this roster. But when they get to their, season, when they get to their playoff series against the Philadelphia 76ers and the Milwaukee Bucks, hands down, these are the three best teams in the East. Don't want to hear anything else. Okay, I love Cleveland as much as, if not more than anybody, but they just aren't quite there yet. They aren't quite on the same level as these three other teams in the Celtics, 76ers, and Bucks. When Boston gets to those series, they're not going to have the best player in the series. And they don't have anybody, anybody, to slow down Giannis Antetokounmpo or Joel Embiid. Robert Williams the third should be that guy. But he can't stay healthy. Okay, and look, I love Al Horford, but he's 36 years old. You can't convince me that the Celtics are going to rely on Al Horford to play 38 productive minutes a night guarding Joel Embiid or Giannis. Grant Williams can't do it either. Okay, he's like 6-6. Sure he rebounds well, sure he can hit corner 3 sometimes, not here recently. But defensively, he, he can't match up with either one of those guys. Okay, Both the Bucks and the 76ers are matchup nightmares for the Boston Celtics. Honestly, they're matchup problems for everyone because no one has anyone who can guard and beat or Giannis. And I just I don't know 
if the Celtics can beat a healthy Bucks team. Okay, I'm less concerned about them beating the 76ers because outside of Embiid, I think they're better everywhere. Okay, I think on the perimeter they're they're better than Philadelphia. I don't trust James Harden. Um, I've seen you know the Celtics team win big games. I haven't seen James Harden do that. And so I, when it comes to them playing the 76ers, I feel much more confident in taking the Celtics. But man, when it comes to the Bucks. I don't know how I don't know how anybody could pick the Celtics to beat the Bucks. Okay? The Bucks have one of the two best players on the planet in Giannis. They can shoot, they can defend on the perimeter. They have not one but two rim protectors, and they have guys who can score off the bench. How can you not pick this team to win at all? Like how, how can you not? Okay? Like this Bucks team, when Drew Holiday is playing at this level, even if Chris Middleton doesn't get back to his old self, they are the best team in the NBA. If Chris Middleton does get back to his old self, watch out. Watch out. Which, I'll be honest, I'll tell you right now, I do think Chris Middleton, he'll he'll, he'll get back into form. He'll get back into form. But right now, like, they, they don't need him to because Drew Holiday has just elevated his game. This is the best we've seen him play in his entire career. Okay, like those games where Giannis isn't playing, he is the number one option, and he's scoring you know t- between you know, 25 and 30 points. In those games, it's really impressive. This Milwaukee team, I just, I don't know how you don't pick them. I don't know how you don't pick them. Okay, and as much as I, I like the Celtics, I just think that matchup-wise, they're really going to struggle. Whereas last year when they played the Bucks, they could just kind of throw everybody at Giannis because the Bucks were so banged up. And it was still a great series. It was still a close, tough, grinded-out series for both teams. But because, you know, Jason Tatum had a little bit more help, he wasn't as worn down as the series went on, whereas with Giannis, he was. So now, you know, Giannis is going to have Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton and these guys playing at high, high levels. I don't know how you don't pick them. I don't know how you don't pick them. If they stay healthy, and if Chris Middleton looks, you know, like 80% of who he was, I don't know how, I don't know how anybody beats him. I don't know how anybody beats him. So that's going to do it here at Shooting the Schmidt. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to listen. I hope you enjoyed it. I'll be back again on either Thursday, probably Thursday, maybe tomorrow, depending on what news breaks today. I'll probably be back on Thursday just to break down more of everything going on. I hope you enjoy the show. Like I said, once again, we'll be back on Thursday, and I'll talk to you all then.